Yo, 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 Keith Ferrante here. How's everybody doing today? Coming to you in January, January 11th, 2024. Whoa. Can you believe it? We're in 2024, the year of the glory of the Lord. Woo. The year of seeing his glory manifest. Now, uh, I want to. I want to go. Uh, I want to talk today about something I just asked the Lord about. I said, "Lord, what what do you want me to, what do you want me to chat about?" And He said, "I want you to talk about rest. Talk about rest. This is something for someone like me, being a a, a high achiever kind of a person. I work with a lot of high achiever CEOs and business people and political people, and um, it's there." I, I I remember growing up, I, I would work uh, 80 hours a week or so when I was pastoring, just pastoring. And I remember the Lord was trying to teach me about rest then. And he, I remember one day he told me, he said, I, Keith, I want you to work 40 hours a week, including everything you do. Because when you're pastoring, you kind of lump everything in to this, this work bucket. But it's some of it's spiritual activities. Your work can be spiritual activities such as prayer and reading your Bible, preparing for speaking with people, visiting people, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. He says, I want you to put all of those spiritual practices and all the, the meetings, everything you do into a 40-hour work week bucket. And so I did that. And then I thought, oh, my word, what am I going to do? I got so much free time uh, in my my I remember my kids were small back then. My son was a couple years old, maybe three or four, something like that. And my daughter was a couple years older. She's two years older than Micah, and she she would be at like kindergarten or first grade or something with with my with my wife Heather. And but Micah would be at home, and I used to like have someone else take care of that because I would be at work working, praying, doing all these things, visiting folks. And then the Lord was like 40 hours a week. So I came home to be with my son. And I would, you know, now I had this free time. And so I'm with my son a lot more. And I am, you know, he's he's just a little boy. And he could have been five. I'm not, I'm not great at timing on like when, when's, like how, how long ago, but maybe he was five. I don't know, because I remember we could play slingshots. He liked them slingshots, David's slingshot, not the kind of you twirl like this, but you kind of you pull back and you release. And so we would meet and um, hang out and play slingshots. I'd play, I'd, you know, I'd push him around in the uh, in the garage on his little bicycle and we would play Legos and those kind of things. And I remember, because I used to love doing all that growing up as a kid. I loved Legos and all this. But in this season, it was like, man, this seems so boring. This seems so like I want to be out changing the world, doing something significant. And I think that, that but I eventually learned to love the connection and, the, and, and like coming and doing more of those simple things. But I think for driven people, there's a reason we're driven. I remember my mom in high school when someone was asking about me and they wanted uh, they wanted some information about me. She said, 
uh, I think she shared it like publicly in our in our high school. We had like a high school like a special church meeting, and we were in, uh, like it, they called it baccalaureate. And this is when you honored the graduates. And so I was being honored by my mom, and she said, "You know what, Keith? One word to describe Keith is he's driven." And like, yes, there was no one that needed to tell me what to do growing up. I was self motivated. I would. I would play the piano for 10 hours a day when I was learning the piano. I, I did, I ran, I, I became the best runner in, in that season uh, for, for cross country and that sort of stuff. And I was very driven to be a, a, like the best. And I always saw myself going to the top of whatever I did, whatever organization I was a part of as I grew older, I always went to the top. And there's this drivenness and that's good and everything, but there, why, why was it there? Why is it there? I mean, I know God wired some of us more like, if you use like car analogies, like, like a, the difference between like a, a Lamborghini and a VW, like a Volkswagen that just putters along, or like this power, like I got an Aston Martin, like the power of the Aston Martin, I love it. Like, boom, let's go. But if you have a personality that's a little bit more like an Aston Martin or a Lamborghini or a Mustang or whatever your favorite power car is, like how do you how do you not burn yourself out? How do you not exhaust yourself? Crush your vitals, your organs, your your internal body. And I mean, as I've gotten older now, just turned 49, I'm I've, you know, the last two, three years, I've really started paying attention to my rhythm, my body, um, and going to the doctor to just get, just to try to fine tune myself as I, you know, taking some supplements, take like adjusting some things, uh, schedule this and that. And, and, you know, you, when you get to this point, you begin to realize, oh, all of my drivenness, my passion, the power, the movement, the going, the going, the work, the hard work, it starts, you know, your adrenals start getting shot. Your internal, some internal organs start, I don't know you know how to say it all that, but you, you they start wearing down and it starts having an effect on your body. And the, you know, uh, there was a prophet that spoke over the 20s, like 2020 to 2030, like Bob Jones was named, that the 2020s would be the decade of rest. Rest. Woo, I feel an anointing on that. Rest. Well, what does rest work uh, look like? Haha, <laughs> rest work. He went over to work right away. What does rest look like? Hebrews 4 says, enter into the rest. Enter into the rest, just as God, it says in Hebrews 4, let me get there. It says, on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, it says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those that formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. Uh, and then on down a little bit. If Joshua had given them rest, God would have not spoken later about another day. There then remains a rest, Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest, rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let's make every effort to enter that rest. 
let me just say one thing about this. This has, you could take this in multiple, multiple uh, ways, but one way Hebrews, Hebrews is talking about is getting to the finished work of Jesus. That's what Hebrews is all about. Jesus, he's the starter and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter uh, 12. And um, let's, let's continue the, you know, to run the race with perseverance. And he's the one that started it. He's the one that finished it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Like Jesus started the faith and he finished the faith. So what, what, what is one expression of rest? It is in the, I am not working for my salvation. Paul says, I count all my righteousness in, in Philippians. Uh, he, let me, this, let's look at it here. It says, and, be fa- and being found in him, not having a righteousness my own that comes from the law, but that which through faith in Christ, that righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So it's not a self-righteousness. It's what we call self-righteousness, on my own. What does that mean? Paul, Paul described what that meant. What, what, did working, what did work look like? He says, um, if someone wants to put confidence in their flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever was gaining me, I now consider law. So one of the ways that you enter into the rest is you stop trying to use your, okay, I'm, I'm me, Keith Vontes, third generation pastor, uh, fourth generation Christian, Praise the Lord. Like I got I got something because I'm a pastor in third generation. Because I'm a fourth generation. No. Self-righteousness. None of that gives me anything. What gives me every every generation has to find God for themselves. I'm finding the grace of God. The righteousness. I love Romans. Romans that says this. Uh Romans chapter one, I believe it is. Let me get it. Let me get. Let me get you there. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed—a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Woo! I love that. It's His righteousness from first to last. He made me right. It wasn't based on my history, my family's history, and God. It was. And then you know what? As I grew up. I did a lot of fasting, a lot of praying, a lot of witnessing, a lot read the Bible, all those good things that I would encourage people to do, but from a different position. I was doing it to make myself pleasing to God. And in reality, it's like I needed to flip that. Enter the rest. He's already done all that. He made me right. Not by work so no one can boast. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. Woo! Not of work so no one can boast. I love that. No boasting. But no working either. I enter into the rest. What is this rest Hebrews 11 talks about? Or Hebrews, um, not Hebrews 11, Hebrews 4 talks about. Anyone, even God rested from his work. So what what does this look like? What is this? This is, this is what I'm talking about. It's the, it's the word of God. It's what God has said. Right after the rest conversation in Hebrews 4, it says the word of God is alive and active. Like it's, it's because he spoke the word. He, 
And what, what do we do? It's by, like, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word about Christ. It's Christ, the word about Christ, but it's spoken. The word about Christ. Christ is the one that finished it. And then what do we do? We heard it. And then we go, oh, wow. Woo! While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. I didn't get into the kingdom through my effort. I got it in there through just receiving and believing what he said. I believe what he said. I receive what he said. I trust what he said. I, I love that word. Faith is interchangeable with trust in and uh, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. That's also interchangeable with trust, through trust. Through trusting when he spoke it. He initiated it, not I. While I was a sinner, Christ died. He was the initiator. God so loved the world first. He loved me first. I didn't pick him. I just responded. There's a rest there. I'm resting in there. And I love Matthew 11 that says, are you, t and this is in the Message Bible. In, in the NIV, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But in the Message Bible, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and I'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that. Thank you, Jesus. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So how do we, remember Paul says, oh, but it's, it's by grace that I've been saved. But you know what? I worked harder than you all. But nonetheless, it wasn't me, but it was by his grace. There's this, there's this tension between this work. He created us to do good works. Scripture says in uh, 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 I think as in Ephesians, he created us in advance to do good works. Like, praise the Lord. We shouldn't be spending our time working, working, working to please God. We need to settle that. Be at rest that our salvation, our healing, our everything, the power that we have to live daily, all came by grace. The grace of God. What is grace? It's God. He came in. He said, the old is gone, the new is coming. We rest in that. Okay, man, I, I want to do something for God. No. You rest in what he's done for you. Enter into his rest. He finished it. Praise the Lord. And then from that place, you begin to partner with Holy Spirit on what you should do. There are things to do. There's some beautiful things to do. And I've, and I've had a, a you know, I, I was talking to, my son the other day, I said, son, you know, you come, you come from a priestly family line. Now you're the fourth generation of the priests, those who worship and those who love God and those who listen to his voice and the pro prophetic as well, and the prophets. It's like you come from a, a family line of prophets and priests and that, that they just love to be in his presence and spend time in the word and hear God. And that's part of our strength. That's, that's what the Lord has used to, that's why I walk with CEOs and prime ministers and government leaders and, and, and people that got high achievers, people that God sends me and, and, and help raise up prophets. Um, it's because of that, that, that grace that's come through my family. But I began to learn another grace, you know, start probably eight years ago. 
And it was of entrepreneurship. And there's a lot of hard work in there. There's a lot of hard work. You just go out and work. It's I kind of like compared to like apostle prophet. Like the apostle Paul just like, Trying to get into Asia. I'm going here. The Holy Spirit says no. I'm going here. The devil says no. I'm going here. I get a dream. Macedonia man, come over here. So he goes over to Macedonia because he hears this dream. When he gets over there, who does he find? A woman of prayer. He, he goes with a dream for a man, finds a woman. Oh, that's close enough. Let's go. Like that apostolic entrepreneur grace is like, let's just go forward. Let's push, push. If we get a no, fine. If, if we get resisted, that's all right. Let's keep finding our way forward. Eventually, we're going to find our way forward. There's, a, there's this work that you just do. You're not, waiting, you're not waiting to hear something. On the prophet pastoral side, you're just you're waiting. You're waiting. You're resting. You're spending time with them. I, I can, if, if, if we kind of look at it like a, a line on one side is apostle, on the other side is prophet. Like some of us lean way over to apostle kind of like, mindset and framework and the way we do life and some of us are more on the profit side so i kind of there's time for we, we should every one of us whether we're an apostle or a prophet or not we should understand the grace of both of these that we should have the prophet connecting with god what's god saying what's this season about that's the, what's what's coming vision breakthrough like understanding you know, like frameworks and where people are stuck and how to get them unstuck and like and but you 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 keep apprehending that prophet side by that time with the Lord and that love and that intimacy and those encounters and the angelic and the, and and oh, I love that oh I love that and then there's the apostolic which is like I'm working I don't feel like it I'm just going breaking through the devil's resisting me keep pushing the Holy Spirit says no okay well what's the way forward keep go 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 go. So which side do you lean on? If you lead heavily one way, you probably need to balance out. The goal, I would say, is like hold both those in tension. Some of us might be like, like, a, like we're like apostle, apostle. So we'll probably never be like 50% apostle, 50% prophet in mindset. But we could at least come over and like be 70% apostle, 30% prophet in terms of makeup, internal makeup. Like I said, I'm not saying everyone's an apostle, everyone's a prophet, but let's just look at it like that from that perspective. So if, you, if you're over the apostolic side, you got to learn to rest a little bit because you're going to be like, go, 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 go. Let's, we don't have time. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Apostle Paul said, he says, and I worked harder than all you guys. He's like, hey, when I was over here, I was tent making and I'm preaching the gospel. I'm doing all of this. I mean, he's taking beatings. He gets up and goes, that's apostolic grace. But over in the prophet side, you're resting, you're with the Lord. And so I've had to learn, okay, how do I be an entrepreneur? Because it don't feel like profit. It feels like hard work. And I, even though I had a work ethic, always had to have a hard work ethic, my work was more like spending time with Jesus, reading the Bible, praying, preaching. And that is legitimate work that some people think don't think that's worth. That's very mentally taxing. There's a lot, and even getting revelation, even, even in moving in the anointing, you get wiped out. You look at scripture, Samuel, he's moving in the anointing. What happens? He wants to, he is completely parched. He's like, if I don't drink something, I'm going to die. And so you, you learn um, the anointing is work. So I, I work in the entrepreneur space a lot of times, and a lot of times business, go, oh, what are you doing? You're not really working. I said, no, <laughs> do what I'm doing. See what happens. Like, hey. 
what I'm doing is why you're getting some clarity and hearing God and getting breakthrough. And as I'm consulting people and helping them get to the next level, that ain't just me asking some nice questions. That's like a time with the Lord. What's heaven saying? So there's this beautiful, you know, tension that is needed. That's why scripture talks about the apostles and prophets foundations of Christ. You need both. You need both mindsets and both built on Christ. One of them is more revelatory. One of them is more action. So you need both the combination of the action, the revelation. We're not working for God. We're working from revelation. So you need both the prophetic and the apostolic application to really get to that, to that place that God has us to get to. And So wherever you're at, guys, learn, learn the rhythms of rest. And, and like I say to, a lot of times for, for people that are really on the apostolic sort of internal framework, it's like, you know what? Just throughout the day, just kind of rest back. Just go, ah, there you are, God, I love you. Breathe in, you love me. Just breathe in the breath of God. Like, see the Father. See yourself sitting in the Father. Like Ephesians 2, you're sitting in heavenly places in Christ. You're literally in the Father because Christ is in you. So you're there positionally. You're right there right now and just rest in Him. Like as we close out, like rest in Him right now. Thank you, Lord. The burden is light. It's easy. I just, I just speak that over you. Are you tired, worn out, buried, burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to the Lord right now. Get away. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. We just pray right now for the getting away. We would internally be at a swing into you, Lord, even as we're doing work and business and advancing. We learn to extend that rhythm of rest. Walking with me and I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Lord, we ask for the unforced rhythms of grace. For each one of us, Forgive us if we've gotten into self-righteousness, trying to make ourselves right before God, trying to make ourselves pleasing to people, maybe working hard. Some of us may be super successful entrepreneurs, business people, uh, people of influence, high achievers, because, and, and we're so driven for it. We're so driven, driven, driven. We're trying to get there. We're trying to get there. And I would just say, no, step into Jesus' righteousness. He made you right. You're not trying to get people's approval. You are already approved. You're not trying to work to, so people will be happy and say, oh, wow, what a success that person is. You're a success in God, in Christ, right now. If you never do another thing for, for him, he'll love you till the end. I'm praying for literally the grace of God, and we just give up the anxiety. I pray you'd heal bodies today, heal physical bodies where the bodies have gotten uh, worn down because of, overwork, unhealthy work. And forgive us, Lord, for getting into labor, toil and anxiety and fear and striving and trying to please people and just hustle, all that sort of stuff. Forgive us for any of those things that are not coming from the place of Jesus. You are so good and you've done it all. And Lord, give us grace where we need to work hard. Give us grace where we need to dig in and we don't feel it. It don't feel great all the time. We got to press in. We got to do marketing. We got to do ads. We got to do, we got to advance something. We got to, whatever, all the hard, the good stuff. It's sometimes good, hard work. But it's, it's, we're not under the curse. The curse, the original curse was now the ground will not receive you. It'll resist you. 
there'll be thorns and thistles. That, that's called toil. And Jesus said, hey, you know what? Deliver us from the evil one. And this prayer, and that word evil one means toiler, joyless work. So deliver us from the curse of joyless work. Whoa, the curse was broken at the cross. Jesus took on the toil and the self-righteousness and the law on himself when he died on the cross. It would be broken and that you could get Christ's righteousness and the rest of God. So man, bless you guys. Have an amazing week. May it just be such a place of encountering God and then advancing your assignments, your kingdom assignments. And may you just enjoy the presence of the Lord. God bless you.